What's up, you guys? This is Bram from the future, and I wanted to give you a heads up on this show before it even started. So you know, generally speaking, we try to keep this podcast as light and as easy to digest as humanly possible. But the events that are going on right now are so pressing, so socially relevant, we felt the need to change the format of the show for at least one episode. So if you've turned to us to simply relax and not think about the BS, my apologies. And I promise that we will return to that type of show next week. You can just stop listening now. Also, if you are the type of person who thinks that we should just shut up and podcast, too bad. This one's not for you. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in. Warrior Settle with me, Bram, with me per usual, my producer, Marcus. What's up, Dub Nation? And our master of all things sound, Maxime. How's it going? Boys, today is a different and somewhat difficult episode. So normally this show is tongue-in-cheek at best. Uh, we fight over fake basketball players and make fun of people's facial hair, you know, a lot like professional hoop. The huddle is designed to give us a distraction from everyday bull****. But today, we're going to take a really fast break from that format. With everything going on in the world at large, in our country specifically, in the wake of the murder of George Floyd, we all thought it was important to at least acknowledge what the hell is happening, not to stay silent when protest isn't just a possibility, but is a necessity. And I don't know, just speak our mind a little bit. So what I have for you boys is three or four large softball questions that are hopefully designed to let us explore just where we're at mentally and how we're all getting through this. And let me start with the biggest one. And uh, MT, I'll throw it towards you to start us off here. How are you feeling? Um, I'm just tired. You know, like I've my day job, there's a lot of black employees and we've kind of taken the temperature of each other. Um, you know, at work too. And that's usually the statement that comes out. And I think it, it describes it well. Um, it's just tired, you know, exhausted of having to continue to fight um, to matter and to feel like what we're fighting for, um, you know, is, is a worthy cause. So, um, you know, for the listeners out there who don't know or can't tell, like I, um, my dad was black and so I'm half black and going through um you know what I've been through with that and growing up in Oakland you know I've had my own fair share of instances where I've you know like had to deal with the police and when I was talking to some of my colleagues at work about it it was interesting like I was just kind of opening up to them and I haven't told them about it. Um, and Bram knows some of these stories just because we've grown up together. But, you know, like I, like when I was a young teenager, um, just becoming a teenager, like my dad had the talk with me and it wasn't about the birds and the bees. It was about what to do when you get pulled over by a police officer. And it wasn't if, it was when. And at the time I was like, this is, you know, a silly conversation. I didn't really get it. But when I got pulled over for having a missing license plate light um, or pulled over for 
the police not being able to see the keys in my ignition or being in Piedmont too late at night or, you know, even up to being handcuffed chain gang style to seven of my friends for playing basketball in Montclair Park. Um, You know, like I went through those experiences just like he said I would. And, you know, when I would come home, uh, he would exhale. And it wasn't because I went through all of that. It was just because I came home. And, um, you know, a lot of people, unfortunately, aren't lucky to have that experience. Their loved ones do not come home. And that's kind of what this, you know, moment is highlighting. So it's super frustrating that the the problem that it's highlighting of police brutality and um, the, you know, the, the difference in the way police officers are prosecuted and held responsible for um, the way they treat and murder unarmed African-Americans is the central theme here and is what this is all about. But because of the looting and the other forms of violence, it's taken on different forms. Um, but, you know, it's just tiring. It's tiring to go through this again and again. Like we've, we've been told multiple times, you know, like and shown that we don't matter. And, you know, when we take to the streets and and riot and, you know, cause a commotion that way we're told just peacefully protest just peacefully protest and we do that and you see that with lebron james and other nba stars wearing i can't breathe t-shirts to represent eric gardner who was you know killed in the same manner by police and or kaepernick kneeling or you know like bobby ross rush wearing a, a hoodie in the halls of congress um for trayvon martin like all these peaceful protests are done and nothing changes. And we're like, okay. And they're like, and then we're also criticized for those protests. Don't do it that way. Shut up and dribble. It's like, well, if we can't do it that way, you tell us to peacefully protest. Then when it happens again, and it did, and you, you know, you have Breonna Taylor murdered in her house. You have Ahmaud Arbery murdered while jogging. You have George Floyd murdered. You know, it, the, the, these examples, it's not, they're not examples of an increase in this racism. It's been happening for decades. The only thing that's increased is the filming of it. There's more cameras showing what's going on now. And that has just, you know, come to light. So after being told to peacefully protest, then that's the way to do it. And that's still not changing then, you know, that's why it's boiled over and it's kind of hit this crescendo um, now and why people are just taking to the streets. Like, you can't keep saying, don't do anything, it's going to change, and then nothing changes. So, you know, it's like you have to you have to go take what you want. So, um, it, It's a practical reality, MT. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, the, this is probably a poor analogy, but I'll make it anyways. I am the authority in my daughter's life. I'm the one who doles out justice to her. If she asks me for something, let's keep it simple. Let's say that she, whatever, she's hungry and she asks me for food. If I ignore her, then she stops talking and she starts yelling. If I still ignore her, she stops yelling and she starts screaming. If I still ignore her, she, I don't know what her next step is. Try ignoring somebody's basic needs 
for 400 years and see what the hell happens. You know, for, for everyone who's taking shots at the violent looting, you are remarkably lucky to not understand and associate with a history that leaves you thinking that violence is the only answer. Um, and so, yeah, and what you just said um, speaks to me. And I'll tell you what, it also in some ways underlines white privilege. And let me explain what that means. You and I have known each other for four decades. And it's more than that. We've grown up in the same place. We went to the same junior high. We went to the same high school. I have had shared experiences with you, Marcus, for the great majority of my life. But even though we have lived in the same time period, in the same place, going through the same schools, those things that you just described, being chain ganged, you know, because you played hoop, having a talk with your father about what it means to be pulled over by the police is not part of my shared experience. You know, and I think it, it, it really is as simple as the difference between our skin tone, which has to be acknowledged, especially here when we are in the world's most liberal place. If, if this is happening in the Bay Area, then of course it's happening in other places. Absolutely. And I think I always get uncomfortable when it, it starts to become a, a measurement and a comparison of my life hurdles versus anybody else's life's hurdles. Mm. Like, you know, like what, what you go through um, is equally as, you know, important and challenging as what I go through. They're just different hurdles. Sure. You know, yours aren't any, you know, different or less than mine. They're just different. And I, th I think that's important to remember when you're going through this right now, we're just talking about this particular hurdle and this particular hurdle does over impact a certain color of people in this country. And when it, it's frustrating, when you say like black lives matter and then everybody says, well, all lives matter. And it's like, yeah, I'm not saying all lives matter. I'm just saying that black lives matter too. And when it comes to this particular subject of police policing african-american communities with impunity that's not the case when it comes to that like yes when there's other situations of course like i have my older you know brother is in law enforcement so i get it from their side like i don't i, I relate to that and i understand what they're doing and they put their job their life on the line and there's you know a lot to be said for that um but, you know, it goes both ways. Just like there are a few bad apples in these protesters, there are a few bad apples in the police department. Like, if you're going to condemn a whole protest and movement because of what a few bad apples are doing, looting and, and rioting with violence, you can't turn around and say, I'm not allowed to, to put all police officers in that same vein because of a few bad apples in the police department. It goes both ways. If I can't do that because of a few bad police officers, if the majority of them are good and some are bad, then cool. Then I will respect that. But it goes both ways. You can't turn around and say that about black people or these protests. The all lives matter crowd confuses the hell out of me. In fact, seeing all lives matter now completely gargles and misunderstands what the message is. Um, if... I realized that a humpback whale is endangered and I donate money 
to save and and preserve and to treat that humpback whale right. When I'm doing that, I'm not saying fuck all the other animals. I'm just recognizing that one of them needs extra protection and I'm stepping out and trying to provide that extra attention. And to answer the question I threw towards you, MT, I'm all angsty, man. Um, I've been flashing on people left and right over nothing over the last few days. I'm not on even ground and I can't find it. I, I think I'm anxious you know, for millions of reasons. One of them is because it turns out that racial problems in America are actually more dangerous than a global pandemic, man. Um, I, I think I'm angry because it took 400 years of systematic racism and eight minutes of murder. Eight minutes is so long for people to finally in the mainstream start talking about problems that I think have been pretty obvious. Um, so I'm, I'm in a really weirdo place. How about you, Maxime? How's this stuff hitting you, man? Yeah, I'm, I'm in a weirdo place too. Um, it's been hard to figure out how to, how to stand up, um, for black people while also trying not to become a vector myself. Um, you know, it just feels like these worlds colliding and, and I, and I gotta say for those who feel similarly is the, the protests, um, are happening in a way that feels very much socially distantly safe. Um, so if you're on the fence, uh, get out there. It's a really, it's a really rewarding experience and it helped me sort of channel some, some of my frustration, um, by just sort of being around other people and, and seeing a lot of white people particularly stepping up and understanding that this is really, you know, like you said, Bram, this is systemic racism that is particularly embedded into the, the bedrock of our country. Um, and so to see white people who, you know, have profited from that, uh, finally coming together and, and, um, not just sort of sitting on the sidelines, but really taking charge has helped me, um, feel like there's a, there's a potential for this to sustain. Um, you know, what, what scares me is that, right. We, we've seen, um, progress from the civil war to the civil rights movements, um, and, and we've sort of then backslid and, and found out that really there are some things that are larger than um, the current moment, that are deeper than the current moment, that keep us from uh, finally getting to a place where black lives actually do matter. Um, and, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling weird um, for sure. I'm, I'm feeling like it's impossible for me to do everything that I, that I want to do. I'm feeling contained by this virus in a really strange way. Um, and I'm also just, you know, I'm, I'm at the same time, I'm trying to figure out, like I said, how to stand up. If there is any, and I'm not even going to use the word, if we can find some kind of optimism out of the stuff that's going on around us, and I'm going to steal this from Magic Johnson, who appeared on CNN right after Trump's, um, unbelievable actions. But what he said was that not everything you challenge can be defeated, but nothing can be defeated until you challenge it. And if we are finally talking about these things in an open way, if, if again, mainstream America is acknowledging that there are, you know, or is a gigantic racial divide, maybe this can be the beginning to, so I have no idea what a solution could be, um, but maybe this could be the beginning to it. And I'll, I'll admit to everyone, I, I was really on the fence about whether or not to record at all this week, um, part of just not having my feet underneath me. And Marcus, you, you thought it was important to pod this week. Why? 
Why, why was it important to put our voices on this? Yeah, I think it was important and I appreciate the support in doing it um, for two reasons. One, uh, you know, there's there's a saying that's tied to these protests that silence is complicity. And I think that's true. Uh, I think we are a brand and we have an audience and a following. And I think we owe it to them to to let them know where we stand. Not everybody's going to agree with it. And, you know, we may end up losing listeners because of it. But I felt that it was more important to say where we stood as a group of individuals, not just a, a brand that's providing entertainment on a sport. So it was it was helpful for me to to have that support. And I thought it was important that we do this podcast not make it long, but you know, there's people don't tune into us for our political takes, and we are well aware of that. Um, you know, and usually sports are a refuge and a way to escape from politics. And the last thing you want to do is hear three guys talking about the Warriors giving their you know takes on all of what's going down. But that said, it's important to me that you just know who we are personally too. Um, and that you follow on that journey with us because, you know, first and foremost, we are members of this community and this community right now is broken in my opinion. So I thought it was important that we just let the listeners know where we stand about it, that we weren't silent. Um, so that we do say in our opinion or in my opinion, um, that black lives matter and then let the listeners decide if if that's something that they are okay with our opinion black lives definitely matter and i'll, I'll take the silence as a scent i don't know if it's a step further but at least uh take it in a different direction um i feel like even places here like the bay area where things are remarkably liberal there's been kind of a silent acknowledgement that people understand that there's racism out there, but they react to it with kind of a shake, dismissive shake of the head. You know, like, ah, that disgusts me. But we don't do anything, and we don't say anything, and we just kind of continue to live our lives. So we can't do that anymore. We just can't. You know, we've gotten to the point now where silent acknowledgement that racism is bad is not doing it. Now it requires people to step out and whatever it is within their power to make sure that those around them understand that this is not okay by them. Maxime, should athletes participate in this? Yesterday, we got a bunch of uh, shots of Steph and Clay and Juan Toscano Anderson uh, and a couple of the other Warriors participating in a march around Lake Merritt. Good idea? Bad idea? Where do you stand? That's a great idea. I mean, I was, I'm just reminded of the opportunity that Michael Jordan had um, that he missed out on and the repercussions that came from that, uh, you know, like Marcus said, like these are all people, um, and and you know, and they're 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 also leaders in our community. Um, this is this is this is how NBA shows that they care, right? This is NBA cares right here. That's absolutely right, MT. You agree? I imagine. Yeah, I definitely do. I mean, it's it's tough because it, the I I see the hypocrisy in here too, and I always try to make sure that I'm not just viewing the world through my left-leaning lens but um you know i mentioned earlier uh fox news um you know 
has a contributor named Laura Ingram. And when LeBron James was first protesting, um, you know, police brutality and was talking about, I can't breathe and, you know, use his platform to, to bring awareness to it. Her response was, um, for him to shut up and dribble, like you're out of your lane, not do that. I'm numb to this commentary, like, must they run their mouths like that? Unfortunately, a lot of kids and some adults take these ignorant comments seriously. Look, there might be a cautionary lesson in LeBron for kids. This is what happens when you attempt to leave high school a year early to join the NBA. And it's always unwise to seek political advice from someone who gets paid $100 million a year to bounce a ball. Oh, and LeBron and Kevin, you're great players, but no one voted for you. Millions elected Trump to be their coach. So keep the political commentary to yourself, or as someone once said, shut up and dribble. But you don't hear her them say that to other you know, groups, it's weird. It's like they didn't tell Arnold Schwarzenegger to shut up and act or Jesse Ventura to shut up and wrestle, you know, and, and even today um, she defended Drew Brees who had, you know, controversial comments. And she Jeez. said he has an opinion, like let him speak his opinion. And it's, it's just mind boggling, like how the hypocrisy is like, so Drew Brees can give his opinion, but LeBron James can't. And I don't want to play the race card, but I don't understand what the difference is. You know, I see what the difference is, and that's the way I'm going to interpret the difference until you tell me otherwise. And it's not like she's going to answer me. But, you know, so I think it's imperative that athletes do it. They have a huge platform. And I think to the argument that they should be limited to whatever platform they are really good at talent wise if it's in a sport or something else is just naive like our president is a television actor and a television celebrity so if anybody needs to shut up and stay in their lane it should have started with him and he should still be on the apprentice our country is based in the ideas the horatio algae story right or Horatio Alger, is that if you work hard enough, you can pull yourself up by your bootstraps and you can turn a life of poverty into a life of riches. You can do everything with it. That's how the capitalistic model is supposed to be set up. There's a lot of problems with it. There's a lot of bullshit behind that. But let's accept it on its face before we, we talk about Laura Ingram's uh, takes on that. If we accept that that's a possibility, you know who fucking embodies it? LeBron James. Or athletes across the board, we are talking a lot of the time, and LeBron is the perfect embodiment of it, of someone who came from very little, used a skill set, and and pulled themselves out of where they started and put themselves in an entirely different stratosphere. And along the way, specifically with LeBron, he also contributed back to society with schools, with businesses, with tons of things. Put differently, if we're looking for anybody's opinion on this stuff, it should be them. It's, it's it, They're literally what we want our youth to aspire to. Of course we want their opinions, and of course they should participate right now. I'm not sure if, if that makes sense, but I remember when the, when the Laura Ingram thing came out, it made me furious for those exact reasons. For me, what this triggers is uh, something that I heard recently on, on a podcast that, by the way, I totally recommend um, both to you and to any, any listener, um, but specifically white listeners. Um, it's this podcast called, uh, seen on radio 
and uh, and season two specifically is called Seeing White, um, and the host John really breaks down the what you referred to, Bram, as the systemic racism, the the way that our country has been built on the backs of defining black people as at literally three-fifths of a person at one point, and the way that's been built up over time. I cannot recommend Seen on Radio Season 2 highly enough. It's a real education and an understanding about why we are where we are right now. And the point that he brings up in Martin Luther King's very famous, you know, the, the I Have a Dream speech, the March on Washington speech, um, where he sort of calls on our constitutional principles of um, all men are created equal, um, and and then we get to see behind the scenes that while that has allowed the idea of a LeBron James to be able to have the sort of rag to riches story, um, it's never that case. And you just look at ownership in the NBA um, and the people that ultimately are profiting even more than LeBron off of LeBron's talent and LeBron's brain, um, that's white people. And I think it's just, it's really important that we understand that you know, and again, I'm just like a random dude that talks about the Warriors. So, like, please go listen to this podcast, um, regardless of whether or not you agree with me or if you find what I'm saying revolting. Just go check the stuff out because it's it's based in history. Um, that's not the case. This this country was built f- for white people specifically to be able to stand on the backs of an entirely different group of people in order to succeed. It's not it's not built for everybody, and until we understand that, we can't create a more equitable society. The, the three-fifths thing is literally in the United States Constitution, so you could not be more right. Marcus, what would you like to see change? If you could handpick a change out of this, we fast-forward whenever it is and it becomes effective, what would it be? Um, just a reprioritization. I mean, I think the, the ultimate goal is just to have African-Americans in their communities just given the same treatment as everybody else. Like if, you know, something happens, we would just like for the repercussions and the punishments and the responsibility to be equally given out regardless of if it happened to a black man or not. But I think to to tie it up and I saw this on Instagram, I thought it was put really well. It's just reprioritizing kind of us as a country. Um, you know, somebody said uh, racism is so American that when you protest it, people think you're protesting America. And I was like, hmm. wow, like that's deep. And, you know, and they were like, yeah, like when you listen to the news channels that are upset at the rioting and looting, and I think rightfully so, they still miss the point. Like they keep saying it's horrible that an innocent black man was killed, but destroying property has to stop. It's like, cool. It's like, yeah, but that's, you got it backwards. Like, it's horrible that property is being destroyed, but kill us, killing innocent black men has to stop. Like, when you, you have to reprioritize it, and we don't do that. And that's continuing to happen even in this coverage now. So I think just valuing that is what needs to change. That we even have to say that is so bananas that we even have to underline why someone would come out with a sign that say black lives matter. Um, I mean, geez, where the hell are we living? How can this be what's happening in 2020? Uh, I'll give you a shorter term goal. Vote, 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 vote in November. Um, The systematic problems and all the things that Marcus just said could not be more true. 
I am nowhere near smart enough to be able to tell you how to effectuate some of that change. But there's a short-term problem right now. Its name is Trump, and I can tell you exactly how to solve that one. Vote. What happened when when he came out and opened up fire with rubber bullets and tear gas on peaceful protesters at a time when the nation was desperate to be unified could not have been more diversive. If if Trump had asked the American public, what would be better for you guys right now to do what the hell I did when when he opened up fire for a Bible uh, photo op or to literally participate in the riots? I think if he had participated in the riots, it would have been a less nasty blow to all of us trying to get through this together. So my short term change that I'd like to see is a change in the White House where we get this dictator piece of shit out of our country. And let's not forget what, what President Barack Obama just said this a couple of days ago. A lot of the change happens at local government, right? So it's, you know, don't just go out and vote for the president of the United States. Look at your local election, right? And and, and really consider who it is that's representing us here in Oakland, because um, that matters just as much. How great would it be, and I don't mean this tongue-in-cheek, although it may sound it, if Jordan, after a 10-part documentary and after 30 years of being blasted for not being political, came out with a PSA that said, F*** Trump, get him out of office. Yeah, feels like he's close to it. I could see him doing that with George Bush, just yeah. making it a, a twofer. That's right. Um, yeah, party no, thoughts? I, yeah, I just appreciate um, you, you, know, you guys professionally and personally. Um and that includes the listeners. Um, you know, thank you for the support. I know Bram sent a tweet, you know, that was full of passion and it sounded like a lot of people, you know, most people didn't engage with it, but I think it was helpful to know that, you know, the one comment we did get was like, aren't you afraid of losing listeners? And I was like, and aren't you afraid of this continuing? Well, you know, like, that's my question is like, I just don't, I don't understand why ending racism is such a controversial topic. Like it just, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be. And I just, I don't get it, but you know, like that's just a bigger discussion and we're not going to solve it on a, a warrior's podcast. But um, you know, we know that the NBA season is back now. It's exciting. And we're going to try to get through this and, you know, get back to talking about the stuff that you guys hit subscribe for in the first place. But um, you know, these are moments in our lives that will go down in history and that it, it was too big just to not to address and devote a short podcast to it. So if you did listen, thank you. Yeah, absolutely right. Um, and to the, you know, to that person who did engage with that tweet, are you worried about listening or losing listeners? Thank you for worrying about us. Um, what was more important to us is figuring if, if you do not immediately see the need for the slogan, black lives matter, then this show might not be for you. Um, with that in mind, uh, I can't echo everything that MT said enough, Maxime, as well. We appreciate you guys, and we'll see you and basketball topics again next week. Good, good.